It's time for faith and life to connect. I first go before God, working on who and what I am before Him and what He's calling me to be as a husband. Where a Christian walk meets our day-to-day life. Dealing with that baggage can mean anything from delaying the marriage to dealing with the baggage. For sure. And where it's okay to laugh a little. Meaningless days, I look at. <laughs> I'm looking at meaningless days and live happily with the woman you love, and I'm trying to figure out how they wind up in the same set. <laughs> We're not saying that the marriage is meaningless. Heaven forbid we say. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for clarifying that. This is The Session with Tom Russell from Heritage Christian Counseling Ministries. What triggers your potential spouse? And that you guys both agree, yeah, they are triggers, and it is, as we grow, something we have to work through. But we're going to give you sort of the grace and space to do that. It's time for Faith and Life to connect here on Rise FM. This is the session. Da-da-da-da-da. Yes. I'm Scott here with Tom from Heritage Christian Counseling Ministries, and we have a new victim in the studio today. We do. We have Nick the intern. That's right. And, uh, and so he's getting used to us in the studio, which is, I mean, he may need therapy from you by the that's time true. we're done That's true, whether he'll continue in radio after we're done with him. <laughs> no, well, that's part of why we do the internship, so yeah, that's okay. Nick is at, at Ashland University, JDM student, okay. and uh, been doing just doing great things for me here the first couple of weeks. All right, so today we're going to dive into Tom's three top parenting strategies, or would it be better said, Tom's top three parenting strategies. Is there a difference in what you said? I wasn't paying attention. Well, if you're an first. English teacher, there is. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. That's so, why I didn't anyway, catch it. Tom's got three parenting strategies he really, really likes, and we're going to talk about them today. Yeah. All right. Before we do that, we dive into God's Word. Tom, we're heading to the Psalms today. I mean, let's do that, Scott. Out of Psalm 127, verses 3 and 4, children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward from him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are our children born in one's youth. And, and when those arrows are flying around the house, you better duck. That's probably the one thing that I was always worried about when they got, when my granddaughter would get presents. Right. And it was a bow and those silly little arrows with the rubber suction cups on them. Yeah. They would go flying. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she uh-huh. didn't wait to put it in the bow. She just started throwing the arrows. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, children are a blessing, but sometimes if you have several of them, you're outnumbered. That's right. <laughs> so we're going to talk about how to get through life as a parent with uh, Tom's strategies today. All right. So as we start to get into Tom's top three parenting strategies today, the first one is one we've talked about before, and this is reality therapy. So unpack right. that for us. Well, and, and Scott, I really think that this is one of the most powerful ones because it really teaches children that there's a connection between what they do, the decisions they make. And what happens to them. And that's why I think it's really good. So, and let me say as we get started on it, that we want to make sure that this is not done when it's an issue of safety. We don't let reality be the teacher when they're playing with an outlet. Right. There are, there, the common sense has to be exercised in this. That, that's true. When the kids yeah. put their hand in the blender, right. that's not the reality therapy time. Yeah. Touching the hot burner on the stove is not reality therapy. Yeah, definitely. Although you should have explained that to my sister when she was 13. But anyway, that's a story for another time. Okay, so what are the values of reality therapy when done properly? Well, and Scott, as we begin to look at it, it's about building a good relationship to start with. And I think biblically when we talk about that, we think about how the Father in heaven and his relationship with his son. When Jesus was baptized, 
he said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. That speaks of the relationship that they had and how close it is. So I think when we do that to start with, and particularly for dads when we're talking about their sons, it's often said that young men will show their feelings in their behavior. So we, you know, a dad could say the right thing and it makes logical, perfect sense to him. But if the relationship isn't good, it's likely going to go in one ear, gain rapid speed and go out the other ear for the child. (laughs) Could be very interesting. So building a relationship is important. So examining the current behavior. So we want to look at the behavior. And this is what's interesting. Is the behavior good or is it, you know, a behavior that you've talked to them a dozen times and they still are doing it? Then there's another one. When we talk about younger children, and let's say, you know, maybe somewhere between the ages of five and ten, some of their decision-making is just because they're a child. They haven't, don't have the experience and the wisdom to go, I probably shouldn't do that. That's not going to turn out very well. Well, they, they don't have that yet. So we want to try to put in perspective, is this a, a behavior that's happening? Because they're eight years old. Too. A good example is they spill their milk at dinner. They didn't realize if they reached this way and their arm went that way, oh, I hit my milk and, and over it goes. Stop and think about how you react as a parent out there if your children spills milk. It could be frightening to the child if the parent goes into crisis mode. And so what are they learning there? And, and what's, what are they getting conditioned to? That's really important. So how about um, brainstorm alternatives? We lay out alternatives. There's possibilities there. What you do mean you, with the child? Right. You sit yeah. down and you actually talk through this with the kid. Right. Okay. Yeah. Is this done parent to child or is it done in a therapy session like with you and a child or you and the parent and the child? Well, I think we ought to start. What we want to have is parent-child at home. And, and if they can pull it off, then, you know, we may not meet. <laughs> they may not end up in, in therapy. So as we begin to do that, uh, when we talk about brainstorming, then it also feeds decision-making and helping our child make healthier decisions. So now the commitment to a new plan, when they come up with something and it's theirs, now, there's a possibility as you do the brainstorming, the child might not pick one that you're going, I think that's going to be successful. Or you might think, nah, probably not. But if they're not going to be hurt by it and it teaches them a valuable lesson that ah, that strategy didn't work, then I think it's a good idea to let them not be successful. With it, it. It's okay to fail. Yeah. You don't have to be the, um, what is it called, the snowplow parent that <laughs> clears the path before the yeah. kid. Right. So that they never have to deal with anything and everything is unicorns and roses until they get into high school and they find out that's not the case. Right. So consequently, we want them to be able to make the choices there. And, and so we evaluate the results with no punishment. I have a real thing about punishment. Punishment hurts people. Punishment hurts your child. Excuses, well, I mean, we don't want those either. But more so, we want them to have a consequence where life teaches them, and we don't. And then we can be there, come alongside. So you're, you're not saying no consequences, no punishment. 
you're saying let there be consequences for actions within the construct of the parent-child relationship and you're trying to teach this child how to make a proper decision yeah yeah you know if they spill their milk that means they may not get another glass of milk that's right or they may only get half a glass of milk right and they might have to help clean up the mess and they're yeah okay that which would really be good yeah uh kathy's glad i learned that (laughs) (laughs) and it only took her 10 years to teach you yeah that's right yeah okay it was improving um all right so with with the reality therapy what are the methods of handling this? Is it done? Can it be done through play, or is it just a sit down face to face? Say now, Johnny, we know that you're having, you know, you we're having right. this problem. You're not doing this right. Let's talk about this. Yeah, we definitely want to have the conversation with them. A good example is: Do you think you ought to wear a coat? It's you know 38 degrees out there. You know, I'm fine. Well, reality therapy would say, yeah, let them go. Let them go out the door. Yeah, now there's some moms out there going, wait a minute, I'm the one who has to stay home with them when they're sick. You uh-huh. know, and I'm hearing that. So the prudent parent probably takes the coat and puts it in the trunk, puts it in the car. And then when the child's freezing, do you wish you had taken, gotten a coat and, and listened to me? See, there's some real value here in what we're trying to help you with. Or just put yeah. it out, out the door and just say, okay, why don't you go stand outside and see if you still think that's the right choice. Yeah. Let him stand on the front porch for a minute and go. Right, and shiver. And, Mom's, and, where, where's my coat? Yeah, yeah. And so if, in fact, you have it in the car with you and then you say to your child, well, what do you think? You, you wish you had your coat? Well, yeah, okay, well, we have it. Do you, it's up to you. Do you want to wear it? Oh, yeah. You know, there's a high probability. So, and yeah. then something else happens. What's that? When they make the right choice. Yeah, we celebrate, celebrate the success. And that's huge. And so earlier when we talked about the failure piece, uh, I define feel, failure at Heritage as not trying. And so if you've tried but you weren't successful, then you were just not successful. And so we can allow our child to be not successful if it's a learning experience and that helps them own their own decision-making. Ultimately, that's what we're after. Try and teach that decision process so that they learn, they learn a process to making a decision, not just the decision. Right. And so then the child has to accept the consequences. And when they're, it's the celebration of success, they own that too. And they are driven to want to do that more. That's what's so interesting is that the more they are successful, the greater the probability as we celebrate them that they'll own their own behavior. That is huge. Then we become facilitators and guides and role models in ways that our child will follow if we have developed a healthy, good relationship that's loving and caring that's going to go well. It's very encouraging. And that leads to a much better relationship at home when they hit those wonderful pre-teen and teen years. Oh, yeah, yeah. That is so much fun. Yeah, Dr. Dobson said that what you really should do is put your child in a rain barrel with a lid on it, but that would be way too cruel. (laughs) So, But here's what his answer was. You put a, a hole in the lid, but that's still way too cruel. So you only do that until... They're 16. And then you plug the hole. <laughs> wow. All right. So Uh-oh. we're talking about Tom's top three parenting strategies today. <laughs> Putting them in a note. rain barrel is not one of them. Mm. That was Dr. Dobson. Yeah. Uh, but anyway. And he was the, kidding too. The first one, 
is reality therapy. Now, our second strategy is to have a new kid by Friday. This sounds an awful lot like grandma boot camp. Oh, oh, yes. Grandma boot camp. Oh, I, I have nightmares for that. No. <laughs> no, it's your grandkids. Uh, that's right. Not I you. still have the nightmares. Oh, okay. Got it. All right. So let's unpack this Have a New Kid well, by Friday. Yeah, and it's true. This was written by Dr. Kevin Lehman in his book called Have a New Kid by Friday. There we go. Now, the key here is he doesn't tell you which Friday. <laughs> or how many Fridays. That's right. Or which year this is going to be. And so consequently let reality again be the teacher there's so much to be said when that can happen now dr lehman his headed more toward later pre-adolescence and then into adolescence with some of his strategies so learn to respond rather than react when we react our children react to our reaction so if we were to talk about some of the ingredients of communication as an example our non-verbal communication, our tone and attitude, if that comes across as scary to our children, then they're being conditioned they're to react in a frightening, traumatic way. It's almost as if this is a crisis happening before their eyes. If that's the case, then what happens on the inside to them with their ability to think and reason? If they are in crisis, they're not going to think very well. And then when they become parents, right, they may adopt that very same style, and then you wind up with the never-ending cycle of fear. Right, right. So if we had a troubled teen, as an example, in how we react, we want to react in a way that is more about responding. Well, this happened. What are we going to do? We kick into the facilitator mode when we're talking about a pre-adolescent or an adolescent, and so we help their decision-making we facilitate that with them so that they, again, the key here is we want them to own their lives. We don't want them to turn out to be a compliant child. We want them to be focused on what's going on inside of them and own that they want to have a decent life, they want to be safe, and they want to make healthy, good decisions. Their ability to, to do that also is connected with their freedom. How they respond for our child, the more they respond in healthier ways, the more parents are willing to give them more freedom. Because there's more trust involved at that point. Yeah. The more you trust the kid, Mm -hmm. the more freedom you're willing to give them. What some would say, you're just giving them more rope. Yeah. Yeah. And eventually, if they do catch themselves on it, then you pull it back in and say, okay, we're going to go back. So we're talking about Tom's top three parenting strategies today on the session. The first one, reality therapy, and then the idea of having a new kid by Friday by using techniques. And then the last one, we already brought it up a minute ago, the celebration Absolutely. of success. And I think of all, now when I say all, I would define it as a parent, as a teacher, as a counselor, how I lead our staff. Research supports that one of the fastest ways to grow a marriage is to celebrate and focus on the celebrations and the, the successes and celebrate them big time. It, there's, there's no question. And in a few minutes here, I'll explain why that it's so powerful. But so when we are celebrating success, it's different than positive reinforcement. And this is huge. Um, positive reinforcement, and some would go, 
Well, that does. What's the difference? Well, positive reinforcement would be if I say, "Hey, you can have this brownie if you do that." Then some would call that bribery, and, and <laughs> um, it's a positive reinforcement type of approach there. But the celebration of success being different is that we want to condition our children to be successful. And so when they are, we celebrate them. We put them in position. We facilitate uh, their lives or with them to a point where they're able to celebrate or, or be successful so we can celebrate them. So if we go back up to what Dr. Lehman was saying about things like uh, attitude, behavior, and character, well, we see those and we celebrate them because they've happened. It's not, I don't believe, wrong to say, you know what? You aced your spelling test. How would you like to celebrate? What would be a celebration to you? That's not saying I am going to give you a $5 bill if you get 100 on your spelling test. That would be more positive reinforcement. So which one is more powerful? Well, certainly the celebration of success and positive reinforcement in research also, I would lump it second, behind consequences, which would be not as effective. Hmm. Okay. All right. So you, you said you were going to make sure you tell us why. I am going to. Okay. Yeah. When we talk about why does, is celebration so powerful, it meets eight top emotional needs, in my opinion. So when you have these emotional needs met, you're driven wanting to have them met again. You like how that feels compared to how you feel and when it's consequences. So here's one. You feel accepted in that relationship. Think about the parent-child relationship when they feel accepted. How about the child out there who thinks that they are no good or they're not worth anything because of how they perceive the relationship with their parents? So that's huge. And then approval. So when we receive approval for a child, and lump, I think I'm safe to, in saying a number of different emotional developmental stages and cognitive <laughs> stages are based on feeling safe with a significant caregiver. Which goes back to the hierarchy of needs. There's another and one. they've yeah. got to feel safe before anything else can happen. you got to yeah. build on the basic. Right. you got you got to take addition and subtraction before you take calculus. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, I figured I'd throw right. something in there that intern Nick would understand. There we go. Uh, and so let's throw in a, a twenty-five cent word for you. Just, There's got to be one. There <laughs> is that that those stages in the hierarchy of needs by Maslow are epigenic. Bless oh. you, <laughs> folks. He just passed out. <laughs> Come on, Scott. <laughs> but epigenic means that they build one on the other. They have to grow. And so it's also true with Erickson's eight stages of emotional development. It really focuses on the parent-child relationship and how safe they feel. So then we have affirmation. How does it feel to be affirmed? Well, you know, that's a big part of the celebration of success. How does your marriage partner feel when you celebrate his or her success? You know, that's it's huge. Right. Attention. Everybody likes attention. Absolutely. If I look back in my history growing up, 
we have talked about the dinner table on a number of levels. Oh, yeah. Almost always at the dinner table after dinner is when I got my lecture. Whether I liked it or not, <laughs> wanted it or not. And typically school. School was such a negative thing. Well, you know, my parents were pushing 50 before I really got my feet anchored deep into elementary school, later elementary school. And it was very negative. So when I think about the attention that I got growing up, it was more about why aren't you doing getting better grades? And this is how we're going to ground you. Well, mathematically, on a number of occasions, the grade cards would come home on my birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday, too. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so the the birthday celebration was more about, you know what? Happy birthday. You're grounded. Yeah. Uh-huh. You, you didn't get uh, get all A's, so therefore, mm-hmm. here, comes, here comes Consequence Alley. And true. Yeah. And, and that's probably, Scott, one of the reasons why parenting in my career and coaching it is so critically important to me because I've experienced what some of these young people are going through and wanting to help them is really important. And that's probably another reason. Look at how it pales in contrast to the celebration of success, how all the negativity growing up and it's the complete opposite of the celebration of success. So look at how powerful that is compared to being negative. Right. Yeah. And all of this builds one on the other as I look at acceptance, approval, affirmation, and attention. And then it all builds to affection because when all of those things are in place, right, you, you feel loved as a child. You feel that love from your parents. That's absolutely true. And believe you me, Scott, you did not want to feel the... Uh, the love, and ex- the love and acceptance from your dad. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. right. <laughs> okay, got it. <laughs> yeah, that was like me with the with the guy with the with the uh, devil dog tattoo. Right. Yeah. Well, the last thing I want to do is upset that man. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So then, respect is another one that you get, and because there's respect for the person, oftentimes there's respect for what's being said, or if you manage things well, that will foster respect, and you, you're celebrating them. Well, what's that do to the relationship? And so that's just that's just huge. See, everything I'm seeing here is a build up. There's no tear down going on. There's just a constant building upon. What a great observation. Yeah. Yeah. And that can't help but help the relationship between parents and children. Absolutely. All right. So we're almost there. We have encouragement. So think about how motivated you are when you're encouraged. You're encouraged you want to do well because... You've experienced all that stuff. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And you know it's going to lead to a celebration, too. So it is powerful whether we're talking about managing our staff and our counselors at Heritage. It's true in our marriage with Kathy. It's a huge thing that we do with each other. We raised our children with the celebration of success. And to have them come back to me later in life and say, Dad, you won't believe how I manage my staff at work. Uh-huh. So let me guess. <laughs> You're right. The celebration of success yeah. is so huge. And, and so now what that does is it provides a security for our child. So we go back to what Erickson said. We go back to what Maslow said. We go back to what, oh, you'll love this one. Piaget, 
would say. Again, bless you. <laughs> yeah. That they all build security so that the child will thrive. When they're safe, they'll thrive. And, and security is certainly an important way we make them safe. At the end of all of Tom's top three parenting strategies, reality therapy, have a new kid by Friday, and the celebration of success, if these ingredients can be incorporated into how you're raising your kids or really how you're managing your staff at work, how you're managing your marriage, right? how you're doing any. I mean, this is this is a life skill here. This is not just about parents and children. Really, this is big picture life. Yeah. And sometimes it can start with just that relationship at home. And perhaps that relationship at home is not one that is filled with reality therapy and a new kid by Friday. And the celebration of a success is more of a... Um, a goal to be shot for than a reality in the family. Right. Uh, perhaps sitting down with Tom would be a good idea. How can they get a hold of you to chat? Well, I can be reached at heritagechristiancounselingministries.com. 